Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You know, honestly, the more that I listen to that song, the more I think to myself, I really need to watch that animated series, because honestly, it looks pretty awesome. People have definitely said a lot of positive things about it, so X-Men animated series, you're on my list. Welcome to the Game Changer, ah. ladies and gentlemen. It is time for another fantabulous episode. I am indeed Nate the effing great, and I'm being joined here by the one, the only, the very fabulous, the marvelous, the always quick-witted, Victory Bell. <laughs> Yes, it is me. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Can't wait. <laughs> we're we talking like Brooklyn because of what else we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where you've gone from like British to Brooklyn style, like a matter of moments. But oh yeah, gosh, I, I don't know my accents. <laughs> <laughs> gosh, I that actually did take me a minute to think about that. So we got a lot to discuss, you guys. Uh, there's Two movies that we're going to be reviewing here on the Game Changer podcast, two that are actually uh, one best picture in the last almost couple decades, actually, uh, as well as we're going to kick off the show with talking about the release of the new Spider-Man Far From Home trailer, which literally, I remember working last night at uh, the theater, and I just kept getting my phone just blown up of uh, random... Deals. There's one that said, you know, Spider-Man for home, come for home, uh, far from home. What can we expect from it? I'm like, what? No way. There's no way that they released it. And then there's people saying, oh, this is awesome. This is crazy. I'm like, okay, okay. I, I need to watch this for myself. So literally, I picked up my phone, turned it on, tuned into the trailer, and literally, not even like a second after it was done, I texted uh, Tori and I said to her. We need to watch this. We need to watch this. This is amazing. Watch Spider-Man Far From from Home trailer. Watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Literally, <laughs> I don't know how many exclamation points I put in it, but I, you could tell I was very excited after I saw that. Yes, yes, you were. Um, and, it, you know, it was duly noted and also uh, expected. I mean, it was a pretty cool trailer. I was pretty stoked about it, too. It's one of those things that I thought that they would have at least held off until after... Uh, or maybe by the time Endgame came around. But at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, I'm glad that we got this because now we have something to look forward to when it comes to 2019. I'm okay with this. This is awesome. And it answers a couple of questions that a lot of people might have, which we'll talk about in just a bit. But let's talk about the trailer itself. So basically, it's a trailer talking about Peter Parker wanting to... Uh, go to Europe with his classmates and uh, just enjoy some time, enjoy 
building up relationships. Then a familiar face that we know comes along and says, yeah, superheroes work does not take a vacation and kind of goes on this adventure. And we actually get introduced to some villains as well as a familiar character known to Spider-Man fans all around. Uh, but we'll get into that in just a bit. So overall, like I said, it was just a fantastic trailer. A lot of great stuff that happened here. Uh, and it's one of those things where <clears throat> you see a lot of the familiar characters. You see Peter Parker, you see Ned, you see uh, Mich Michelle, MJ, as she's mentioned in the trailer. Uh, we see Flash Thompson. Uh, there's one quick line in there that I want to definitely mention there later on in the show that I thought was absolutely hilarious and definitely a great way to end the trailer. But um, overall, looking at this trailer, uh, yeah, it definitely got me super hyped for it. So again, after you saw the trailer, Victory Bell, what did you think? Well, I mean, I definitely, I thought the same thing at first. Like, whoa, what are they doing releasing this? Like, are we going to get kind of spoilers? And, uh, well, duh, we got a spoiler because now we know Spider-Man's not dead, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, which... I think we all kind of could have guessed, but at the same time, uh, they, I think they could have saved it. I think they could have saved this trailer so that we weren't totally given away that our superheroes are going to be coming back. Unless somehow this was, you know, before the whole thing that happened, but it didn't give us any hint that this was before, um, all of the events happened in Infinity War. You know, that's the crazy thing about this, is that Marvel does a fantastic job of not giving everything away when it comes to the trailer, because that's one of the things that everybody's wondering. Did this happen before Infinity War? Is this happening, you know, during the whole Endgame deal? What, what's actually going on with this? And it's kind of the same way that they did uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where you don't know exactly when it's happening, you don't know what's going to happen, and how it's going to tie in to obviously the major events of Infinity War until the very end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Then you see it all kind of tied together. It's like, okay, now we know Ant-Man's going to play a key role in this movie. So now we're kind of at the point where it's like, okay, so we now that know that Spider-Man's, you know, you know, safe, quote-unquote, but is this a kind of prequel to Infinity War? Is this more something that happens after Endgame? When does this happen? And it's kind of one of those things where we could honestly ask Marvel, and they're just going to be like, I don't know. I mean, speculation's up. Well, yeah, I mean, it could, does <laughs> say next summer. So, you know, for me, having Infinity War come out in, in like, April, right? Yeah. So, to me, it's I feel like it's going to be after Endgame, or sorry, Endgame coming out in April. Uh, it's going to be after just by the sequence of the movies. I, I don't think it would benefit them at all to be like, oh, no, we just had Endgame happen, and previously, before even Infinity Wars came out, here's Spider-Man on an adventure in London, or, or you know, wherever he is. Right. Um, and I, I just think... It, I'm really excited. The The trailer looks really cool. They introduced some new characters that we're going to be seeing. Um, and they kind of introduced the whole MJ and Peter Parker romance. Like, in, instead of kind of hating on one another, they are, like, you know, they call each other beautiful. And it's, it's cute. You're like, aw. Um, 
but but yeah, it, it's uh, I I agree with your first initial reaction of oh, I didn't think they would release this so soon. Right, and let's actually talk a little bit about that. As I mentioned before, they're developing relationships, and they even have like a little bit of a interesting relationship that kind of blooms at the beginning of the trailer. Um, the trailer basically starts with uh, uh, Aunt May and Spider Man. They're kind of you know <clears throat> hanging out, hanging out, saying like, "Hey, Spider Man, he's awesome." Then there's this deal where uh, Peter and Aunt May do like a high five. They hug each other. Out comes Happy, and he's just kind of you know, talking to Peter regularly, which is kind of interesting, because if you remember Spider-Man Homecoming, he was kind of, like, avoiding Peter. Now it's kind of, like, he's embracing Peter more. But then also, we see kind of, like, this uh, deal between Aunt May and Happy going on, and <laughs> and Peter Parker even says flat out, what the heck just happened? <laughs> just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they kind of get a little friendly, and you're like, what? Because <laughs> like, Happy's like, oh, is that a new dress? She's like, oh yeah, I just kind of, he's like, oh, I like it. And like, he's like, what is going on? <laughs> Obviously, it looks like Aunt May and Happy might have something. It, um, it's kind of an interesting just deal. on a side note of that, it's like, if Happy's working for Peter and everything, we have no clues of whatever where Iron Man is. is no talking good. about it, nothing like that. So, which is that a good, was good. Yeah, which is a good thing, because we don't know if, you know, if to, you know Tony Stark makes it, we don't know. All we have is that one trailer from Endgame, so they did a good job of concealing that of what might happen with Happy, but at the same time, we don't know what happens. Uh, right. you, also, you also mentioned you know the whole relationship between uh, uh, Michelle, MJ, and Peter seemed to be kind of blossoming. Even Peter mentions the idea of you know wanting to spend more time with MJ. So it seems like for most people, some people were definitely you know, against the idea of, like, oh, she's not MJ, MJ's a redhead, and she's this, and blah, 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 blah. It's one of those things where it's like, it's whatever. I'm at the point right now where it's like, you know, we've already seen an MJ beforehand. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, she did a pretty decent job. I'm looking forward to when we see maybe the next generation of MJ, but if this is one of those things where, you know, she's just doing that as a nickname, and it's kind of one of those things where, you know, it's sort of like it's assuming that this is the uh, Mary Jane of the universe. I'm still okay with it. I'm not going to... Damn it. I love Zendaya as an actress. She does a fantastic job. I mean, my God, her in The Greatest Showman was amazing. And, you know, seeing her as Michelle here, it's one of those things where you see two different sides, where you see you know, somebody who can have a sweetheart, but also a bit of a vicious badass side to her. So I'm interested in seeing where this uh, romance goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and I'm glad that it is, it's there, and I think people wanted that. I mean, that's a big part of Spider-Man, I think, is, you know, Spider-Man's Mary Jane. Like, where's his Mary Jane? Where is it? Where is she? And, you know, she's coming in a, a different type of form, and it's, it's interesting, and I think, I didn't think that the original Mary Jane character was very weak but she does you know kind of get like in those just like ah, and seems more of like a like a sad person like coming from a bad family life and all that um and this kind of gives her a revamped look has her own you know she's really smart she's in the same like intelligence league as peter and she's you know clever and a little snarky and kind of mean and it's it, it kind of goes with how, like, P- 
Peter's just super nerdy, and he's like, ow, oh, ow. I'm like, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, and it's it's just interesting like that. I, I, I like it. I think, I think I'm going to enjoy their banter. It'll be interesting to see where it kind of goes, like I said. Um, but yeah, the banter between the two of them is great. Uh, the chemistry, it's going to be interesting to see how they do it, because now this is their second movie together, so who knows at this point. Uh, another character that we will see returning at this, uh, halfway through the trailer, we see that Nick Fury is going to be making an appearance through it, which now confirms another thing, is that Nick Fury, he's going to be coming back, at least we think. Yeah. Man, 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 this whole this whole idea of, you know, is this before, is this after Infinity War, it's starting to hurt my head now. It's like, I don't know where, does this mean he's back? I'm guessing, or he's, he's, I'm almost going to put, like, I, I'm like 85 to 90% sure it's after Endgame. Like, so we know they're coming back. And I also think that Marvel isn't dumb. They understand that this is a comic book that has been released a long time ago. So, yeah, people do know what's going to happen in Endgame. And mm-hmm. people's ideas of, or if they're going to go by the comics, well, this and this and this happened. And it's like, well, it kind of seems like this, this, and this is going to happen. Because right. <laughs> we got people coming back from the dead. So... Mm-hmm. Something has to happen in Endgame to bring them back. I wonder when that time will come. <laughs> so are we assuming that uh, there's going to be uh, a Logan Wolverine cameo in this movie? <laughs> in which one? In Endgame. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That would be freaking hilarious. I don't oh, think... Man. They still don't own Wolverine, I don't I, think. I know. It's one of those things or, where... Or do they? Um, I, th- I think they own X-Men and Deadpool, so... Oh, then yes, they would own Wolverine. Well, that would be Unless he's his own little entity now, because he's had, you know, his own singular... Well, it's... But whatever, we don't know. <laughs> Hugh Jackman's the only Wolverine. I'm just going to say that right now. But anyway, that's getting a little off topic. Like I said, Nick Fury makes a comeback. He basically is the one who says, you know, there's no such thing as having a super... I'm a superhero having a day off. Kind of almost playing, again, that kind of role that where he basically, you know, seems like he's helping, but it seems like he's causing harm. Just playing Nick Fury the only way Nick Fury knows how to play Nick Fury, really. So it's going to be interesting to see how Nick Fury kind of plays a role in this uh, situation. I think it was a very unique choice to have uh, Nick Fury in this movie, but it's one of those things where, you know, if we're thinking what's going to happen is going to happen, then, you know, somebody has to fill in that void that Iron Man left, and Nick Fury could be the one that does it, but he's also kind of the guy that, you know, he's kind of the dad that brings, like, a lot of tough love into the deal. I think Tony Stark, you know, yes, he could bring some of that tough love in, but at the same time, he still has points where he can be kind of, you know, he can kind of, you know, pull back on that tough love. I think with Nick Fury, he's just, like, full-on, you know, tough love, boom, tough love, boom. That That's just my opinion. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, Nick Fury is the epitome of bringing everybody together he's the reason it happened in the first place so i would think if we see him calling upon superheroes once again maybe they're at a rebuilding stage in marvel and that is what they're at so that's kind of why i i think it's a very uh, a good choice to still have nick fury especially if you still have samuel L. jackson being like yeah i'll still do it then you're like boom We've got a nice little nostalgic piece of the Avengers that we can throw into these new movies and spark up, you know, the next Avengers. 
This is very true. This is very true. Uh, did you notice that there was a very different uh, design to the Spider-Man costume throughout the trailer? I did, because like now he has a little bit of like like flying squirrel. He has adopted the ability of being a flying squirrel. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> definitely a little darker. Yeah, the red definitely seems a little bit darker, but there's even one point where you see him uh, having uh, a black style to him, and there's a lot of people already speculating, like, oh, man, this is where we're going to probably get, you know, the Spider-Man and Symbio crossover. And for me, it's like, I'm not ready to go that far yet. I think that... I have a couple theories when it comes to this. Uh, one, it could be a symbiote deal that maybe Peter happens upon while he's in London or in Europe or wherever. Um, another theory is that maybe with this new suit, maybe it comes with a new uh, color scheme, new color design, where he's able to, you know, kind of blend in with his surroundings. So that could be a possibility. Uh, but I'm not quite ready to, you know, say, yes, it's the symbiote, but I'm also not quite ready to say, you know, it's not. Because at this point... You know, it's really kind of just one of those things where it's up in the air. We, we already know, you know, Venom's come out. It's going to have a couple more movies. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they can't include a, a symbiote in this. It's not going to probably be the symbiote that creates Venom. But to have a different symbiote in a different Marvel universe, I could see that happening. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think I think it's darker for other reasons. I, I, I haven't really researched it at all, but I would think it's darker maybe because of the situation that happened in Endgame. I I don't foresee any symbiote coming into this at all. They, they've they established their villain. Not that in the past Spider-Man movies we haven't seen a plethora of villains show up. Mm-hmm. Um, if they learned anything from those Spider-Man movies, they won't do that. <laughs> like, let's only stick with, like, one or two, maybe. Well... <laughs> let's not throw everybody all together. Um, no, no, right off the bat, obviously. No, I I see your point. I see your point. But let's actually go into that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the new characters that definitely are introduced in this, uh, in this deal. It seems like they definitely are introducing, uh, what is known as the Elementals, uh, which is Hydro Man, Sandman, and Molten Man. I didn't know Molten Man even existed, to be honest. It was one of those I names. knew Sandman, but yeah, I didn't know the other two. So I was, I'm like, is Sandman now, like, everything? <laughs> I, I knew about Sandman, of course. We all remember him from the uh, third Spider-Man movie, which, honestly, after watching it, I actually loved the Sandman character uh, more, and I loved the actor who played him more. Yeah. It, Definitely made me appreciate that character more. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this one. Uh, Hydro Man, I am familiar with um, because of the Spider-Man animated series. Take that for anybody that thinks that that series sucked. Um, But yeah, Molten Man, I am not at all familiar with. So I am guessing that there may come a point where they kind of do a little backstory with each of them. Or there could be something more going on with this, because we also did get introduced to another familiar face, or I guess you could say familiar globe, per se. Uh, (laughs) It's going to be the debut of Mysterio. He's going to be involved in this movie, and he's going to be played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And I remember you actually messaging me uh, the fact that it's like, I'm not too familiar with Jake Gyllenhaal, and I'm like, 
He seems familiar. I hear that name so much. Maybe oh, I no, should... Oh, no, no, no. I meant, like, Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Oh, I know Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, Not know him personally, but no, I, I've seen... He's in a ton of movies. Um, gotcha. But I'm, I'm, I wasn't very uh, familiar with Mysterio, but I did look him up. Um, again, I'm not, like, a giant, like, Spider-Man, like, comic book person, so I don't, I don't really know that much about the Sinister Six, but I do know he's involved, and we've already, you know, I, I, we feel like that is happening. We all know that that is happening. Yes. De- yeah, definitely. They already introduced Vulture. They introduced Scorpion a little bit. Uh, Mysterio would make three, so that means there's three more. And honestly, guys, take your time with these, because I don't think we need to, as... My lovely co-host mentioned, you know, we don't need to rush these things. Just, you know, give them time to develop. Give them time to at least, you know, settle in people's minds. Then introduce them. Oh, no, wait, shoot. We actually had three in the uh, in Homecoming. Because Shocker was another one. Oh, yeah. It was that guy, was he Shocker? I, I, I think that's what they were... I think that's what it's leading to. I think that. that oh, is gonna okay. Be, I, I didn't know be, that was just a guy playing around with the weapons, not like actually like electricity. But I, I don't know. I, 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 you would know probably more than I would with uh, the Sinister Six stuff because I don't know how they really look or act. Um, but but the Mysterio, I, I'm one. I like Jake Gyllenhaal a lot. He's mm-hmm. great eye candy, good actor. Um, so I'm excited to see him in this, like, you know, buff, almost like, it almost looks like a gladiator, like, suit versus, like, the, like, kind of goofy alien-looking suit that the comic books have him in, like, the, am I, you know, brothers with the green goblin? You don't know. Um, so he also looks powerful, which I was, like, intrigued with. I'm like, um... Okay, from what I read, he's kind of just like a special effects guy, but this looks like he they might give him some, you know, technology that he's able to use, or maybe he's wearing that Colossus-looking suit, not Colossus, but like, like Colosseum-looking suit because he has some sort of Egyptian powers or something. I don't know. Um, I thought he was just a special effects artist who uses his amazing skills for special effects as a villain, like a super villain. And when I read about it, I was kind of like, wah, wah, wah. But I'm like, he looks really cool in the trailer. Yeah, they're going to alter it no matter what to really kind of make it stand out for a lot of people. But it is going to be interesting to see because here's the thing about this is that with Mysterio, the way that they're portraying him, it's kind of one of those those things where it's up in the air what his role is going to be. We don't know if he's going to be, you know, as we both know as a villain or maybe is he going to play a hero with Spider-Man at first, and then maybe he joins on with the Senators, Sinister Six later? We don't know. So that's one of those things that, again, it raises questions that makes us want to see this movie sooner. Uh, right. Marvel, why do you tease me with more Spider-Man than I can take? <laughs> I already know they have coworkers that are complaining, oh, great, we got another Spider-Man reboot. It's like, I don't care. It's Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. It's awesome. It's awesome. I'm going to watch more. It really watching. is. And can I just say... Um... Tom Holland, holy cow, he spilled out in this one. I, I like I like this. It's like we are like watching him grow into, you know, the bigger, like, adult version of Spider-Man, even though he's not going to grow 
in height, probably. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, he when he's like Spider-Man Homecoming, he legit is a teenager, and it's it's cool. I like that. I was like, okay, it's kind of like you know, a scrawny, nerdy high school guy. And in this one, you you see, this guy's been working out. He's been really like pumping iron for this Spider-Man role, and. He looks like he's at least a, a, a year or two older than when we first met him, and in a good way of like, okay, let's have him, hopefully this is his senior trip, let's have him graduate from high school and get on that newspaper job, and let's get this Peter Parker rolling. Bring back J.K. Simmons, please. I'm oh so my gosh, that would be awesome. <laughs> so good. So good. Um, yeah, I, there have been rumors about the third Spider-Man installment being Peter Parker's senior year, but I could also see this being uh, uh, Parker's senior, senior year in essence. But you know, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly this movie brings out. Uh, like we said, guys, uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is going to be coming out July fifth, and that's coming out this year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Oh, y- yes, yes. It said this summer. Um, one other thing that was kind of intriguing about this trailer that I looked up that I, I missed. Yes. I missed. I didn't see this. Um, but he does pack in a suitcase with the initials, I think, BFP or something. So, uh, Ben Parker. So, Uncle Ben. Oh. So, it's kind of an interesting uh, little piece of our Spider-Man you know, everyone's Spider-Man's nostalgia of having Uncle Ben in there some way. Maybe we're going to have this throwback to him, like, thinking of his Uncle Ben before he died. Uh, something like that. So it, it's interesting just to note that on the suitcase he was packing for Europe, there were initials on that that do relate to Uncle Ben. Yeah, honestly, I did not notice that until you mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, I was thing. just looking into, because like I told you, I, I didn't really understand who the villain was, and we're going to talk about it, so I'm like, I got I to gotta know who this villain is. Um, <laughs> and in that, in my research there, it was just kind of giving, you know, little, little, like, snippets that people enjoyed, and that was a, a big one that some people were like, are we going to get a little bit more backstory in here? Are we going to get the, you know, with great power comes great responsibility speech that everybody knows and loves about Spider-Man. Also, for the love of God, if they have Tobey Maguire play Ben Parker and it's like a symbol, oh a symbolic God. passing of the torch deal. I, oh my God. Uh, that would be the best. I, I might, like, I'm not even, like, that would be the best. I would love that. I would probably literally just cry and just say, like, yeah. yes, this is, like, the proper way to just pass the torch. Tobey Maguire, thank you so much. You are my hero right now. Tom yeah. Holland, you deserve it. But we'll have to, again, we'll have to wait and see. We're not going to, we're just giving out our theories, guys. This isn't spoilers. This isn't anything like that. Obviously, we spoiled the trailer for you guys, but you should still go watch it anyway. Don't just take our word <laughs> for it. Go check it out. It is absolutely fantastic. Like we said, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home comes out July 5th, uh, right after Endgame, which com- takes place in, I believe it's going to be uh, April, if I'm not mistaken. I want to, I got to get these. Yeah, ones. yeah, that's what I said. I'm almost for sure it's April. Yeah, I think Captain Marvel is in March, and yeah. uh, Endgame would be in April, so, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, that it's going to be awesome. 
we we got so much more to look forward to in 2019. I mean, as if we already didn't have if as if we already didn't have enough to look forward to. I mean, my God, this weekend I'll be going to watch Glass. Oh my God, is that movie Are awesome? You? Yep. Oh man. I, I, I am going to watch this. I'm watching it with Agent Cooper. It's going to be awesome. And there's going to be so many moments where we are just looking at each other like, this movie is awesome. But They have shown a lot. So I'm a little nervous for the movie. So I, I'm going to have to listen to what you say about it. But the last trailer I saw was almost like two minutes long. And I'm like, well, I know how they escape. I know how they get together. I know, like, what are you saving for me? Just the results. Maybe. I hate when they do that. I, I just get pissed off. Like that's why I don't like to watch too many trailers. Well, but there's, like, there's, stop there's giving her away. Right. There's also some theories going on as to what's going to happen during the movie, but we'll get. I'll get more. We'll get more into that uh, when we do when I do the review. Um, also, guys, be sure to check out this week. I'll do a uh, build up podcast for you guys, so that way you can kind of keep up with everything that's gone on with Unbreakable as well as Split and the hype that we know that's going to be Glass happening. Uh, this week, but uh, before we get into our <clears throat> second part of our podcast, we're actually going to take a little bit of a quick commercial break. I know, holy cow, first time ever we've probably done this. A uh, <laughs> little bit of a plug for the guys over at another podcast that is associated with the Game Changer. Definitely go check these guys out. But before we even go into that, I got to do a little short little plug right here, you guys. And that is for AJsBelts.com, the best place to get replica championship belts from WWE, Ring of Honor, MMA fighting, a lot of the best stuff there, guys. You've seen the pictures I have taken. That is all from AJsBelts.com, proudly sponsored and endorsed by these guys as well as we sponsor them. So definitely go check them out and definitely check out this podcast. over at Eclectic Media Project. They bring you podcasts such as Musically Challenged. Whose podcast is it anyway? Want to hear something interesting? And their newest podcast, page 3.14 News. Check them out on Podbean and iTunes at Eclectic Media Project. On their website at www.eclecticmediaproject.com. Check them out as they are the home with a little something for almost everyone. Guys, we are back with the Game Changer. I am Nate the Effing Great, here with the lovely, talented Victory Bell. And guys, if you haven't been on my Twitter lately, you definitely noticed that I actually had a bit of an announcement to make, and that was that we actually signed a new person to the Game Changer. And I will reveal who this person will be, Royal Rumble Weekend. So that's not this weekend, but next weekend, you guys. And honestly, it's quite the Game Changer, and it's definitely going to be a great acquisition for the GC unit network. Alright, so let's talk about the two movies that we watched. So after the show, we kind of decided what are we going to do for next week's show. Uh, I talked about wanting to see the movie Schindler's List for a while because all throughout uh, 2018 I saw them talk, hyping up this you know 25th anniversary of Schindler's List and I'm like, okay, I've never seen this. I don't know what this is about. What is going on with this? So 
we decided to actually watch that movie, which, first of all, we'll say it was a lot longer than we anticipated. Three whole hours, holy cow. Oh, yes, that was crazy. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was only fair that if we went into the uh, best picture category, that it would only be fair if my lovely co-host suggested one that we watched as well. And the one that she, she suggested was Slumdog Millionaire. So we're going to be talking about those two movies over the next uh, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, uh, depending on you know how long we get into this. But let's first talk about Schindler's List. First of all, yes, it is three hours long, but it is probably one of the most emotionally driven as well as probably some of the best three hours that I've seen in a movie. It's been a long time since I've actually sit in a movie for that long and watched it. Honestly, definitely worth watching. I could definitely see why a lot of people uh, re- really enjoy it, why some people are emotional by it, and also why some people only get through it one time, and that's enough. We're added to the list on this one. We literally watched it one time, and it's like, yeah, w- once was enough, once was enough. So basically the backstory here is that it is the story of the Holocaust, but it also talks about uh, this character, Oscar Schindler, played by Liam Neeson, who at first uses the Jews for his <clears throat> for his uh, productivity, for his factories, to make supplies, but unfortunately, because of the Holocaust, uh, a lot of them had been slaughtered, a lot of them had been killed, so he now slowly starts going on a mission to you know, try to, you know, keep his business working well, but at the same time, he slowly starts, you know, realizing that maybe he actually, you know, misunderstood the Jews, he maybe misunderstood his, you know, uh, view of them, and it basically goes through such a huge roller coaster of the uh, concentration camps, a lot of the torture that a lot of these people went through. It is one of the darkest movies that I had ever seen, and it is one of those movies that I can totally understand why it got Best Picture in 1993. That's the crazy part about this, is that this came out yeah. in 1993, and it had some of the best effects and also some of the best uh, script writing that I had ever seen. God, we have I fallen I mean, it's Steven Spielberg, man. It's Steven Spielberg. This is also so we true. So gotta, we gotta give it to the director. We, we know and love him. But yes, I when I looked at it, it was 1993... I was stunned. I don't know why I was so stunned. Probably because, like, I was born in 1991. So it's like, this is only... I was, like, two years old when this came out. But I... Like, this this film is, you know, one of those that never goes away and doesn't really have an expiration date to go away. It's going to be relevant forever since it's a historical drama, you know? Oh, definitely. No... I think that it got, um, gosh, what was it? I, th- I think it actually got, let me look at my notes here really quick. I think it, uh, yep, uh, the Library of Congress selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry in 2004. So yep. that that tells you a lot of how powerful this movie is. And it is a true story, which is cool. I, I know that some of the parts, like, I, I had to look that up before I watched it, actually. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, uh, like I wasn't even for sure if I knew who Schindler was. And whenever you hear a any Nazi party name, I'm always thinking like super duper evil. Um, so when I thought of a list of people that he had, I was like, how depressing and awful is this going to turn out to be? And when I looked it up and set and 
and read about him, I was like, okay, I can, I can watch this movie. It's not, he's not the epitome of evil that I thought he was going to be. It, it is really crazy to see this kind of transformation that uh, Schindler went through. Like you said, like I said before, he started off as one of those guys who <clears throat> is basically just, you know, he's trying to, you know, make a living. He's trying to be rich. He's trying to be famous. He's trying to, you know, do all these kind of things. And then just see him just slowly, you know, transform. You slowly see that transformation of his character throughout the movie. And it does a fantastic job of telling that. Uh, well, yeah, it symbolizes his whole transformation with uh, the little girl that is on most of the covers of Schindler's List, the little girl in the red coat. Yeah. Um, who it, which is one of the only colors in this whole film, which really kind of set the tone and mood of this film is the fact that it is shot almost completely in black and white. Really putting you, I mean, if you anyone's seen anything with World War II, um, it's in black and white because we didn't have color yet um, in our, our photography and in our videography. So it made you almost feel like this wasn't being shot in 1993, but actually being shot during the war. Because this takes place during World War II, starts in 1939, um, as we know. It's pretty much height of the Nazi party. They're getting all their power, doing all their things. And it goes until the war is over. Uh, but, but yeah, this little girl is not essential, but she is a symbol that I noticed the moment she came on screen. And I don't know if you noticed, but, like, it's like Schindler and one of his lovers are, like, riding horses while one of the first big ghetto raids are happening in uh, Krakow, Krakow, Poland. So, so, yeah. yeah, and so, like, basically half of the ghetto is going to be, like, wiped out. Half of the Jewish ghetto is going to be wiped out. And, like, they're just, like, on a hill watching these people get, like, murdered and killed, like, all throughout the ghetto and, like, listening to it. Um, and you just see, like a family walk out of a building from a very far distance and you see this tiny little figure that is like, you don't really know if it's red, but I'm like, why does that person look really different? And I'm like, Oh my God, that's a, a, a red. They're put, they put red in the movie. There's red. And like, you just watch this girl by herself walking through this violent scene. And it's just like, what is she doing? She's so little, so adorable in this bright red coat. And it's basically like Schindler's watching her walk through the ghetto. And it's almost like she doesn't even know things are going on. She's just going through life. And uh, when I, I, I did have to look this up because I, I, I knew it was some sort of symbolism. But I was like, I wonder what like Spielberg was actually trying to portray throughout this whole time with this little girl. And it is, uh, from what I researched, it is uh, Schindler's own, like, like thought process about the Jews. So, like, this little girl is just, like, going through it. Like, going through it. Like, oh, the ghetto's being raided. I'm just walking through. I'm going through life like this. And he's like, this is how life is. Like, she's nonchalant. And we see her pop up 
a, a few other times, uh, and I'll let you continue to tell the story, but the first time we see her, you're almost like, I don't, or I was almost like, I didn't know if that was actually red or if it was supposed to happen, but then you can't take your eyes off of her because she's just this tiny little figure in this mass of murder that's just walking through and, like, almost looks like she doesn't know what's going on, which she probably doesn't. It's the innocence of, of the Jewish people at this time. And so she eventually, you see her, like, walk into a house and kind of hide. So, like, she survived the one of the first biggest ghetto raids um, of Krakow's uh, Polish ghetto. Uh, Jewish, sorry, Jewish-Polish ghetto. Um, and it was when Gorth, is that his name? Gorth, General Gorth? Um... I, th- I think I think it was Gorth or, uh, or I think it was uh, Geoth, if I'm not mistaken. I think I think it was okay. G- I, I, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Don't really care to pronounce it correctly. We apologize uh, for anybody that we may have offended with our bad, uh, you know, grammar. But anyway, you were what? Saying- I don't care if I offend that <laughs> motherfucker. Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was when he arrived. Is when he was like, "Let's well, you know, let's have no Jews at all." And and Krakow anymore. Let's erase, like he even says, like let's erase six generations. They never existed. And I was like, like mouth open, because like we all know this happened. But like, holy cow, did this movie do it good? Like I, I had to fast forward some parts because I'm, I don't want to watch it. I didn't want to watch them. Like again, I know I'm, I'm not jumping the gun because I'm still talking about this section. Because mm-hmm. when they eliminated this first section of the ghetto they like told all the people like get on the train mark your bags mark your bags your your bags are going to follow you we'll bring your bags later they can't fit on the train with you and then you just see all these people like like struggling with their final possessions that they have and like chalking their suitcases with their names and then you see the the nazis roll these suitcases out after you see this train leave And, like, then they're just, like, emptying all their shit, and they're, like, putting it in piles at every... I mean, if you know anything about the Holocaust, you've seen the piles upon piles of things that they collected. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, that part, I was like, okay, no, 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 no. Fast forward. No, 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 no. (laughs) Right. No. Yeah, I understand that. But, yeah, I'll get get into some of the more... Ah, jeez, these were the hard ones. Because this is where it kind of starts... I, I do believe that this is where people really start getting their emotions just absolutely, you know, tugged after. And I think this was like the start for me. Uh, when they do indeed show the killings, they are very, very... Steven Spielberg did an absolutely just... I feel like the word uh, uh, terrific is accurate, but at the same time, it's just one of those things where it's so well done that it feels very horrific how they actually... Uh, do this uh a lot of the shots that they they showed you know a lot of the ways that they showed people getting killed it just is one of those things where it is just beyond words how they do this and uh she met she mentions you know the girl in the little red yes she makes a like a final appearance later on during the movie unfortunately she is one of the casualties that ends up uh changing the mindset of Schindler, he watches you know, you know, wagon of people basically getting taken away, and one of them had the little girl in the red, 
And yeah. that's where he starts, you know, his mindset starts changing, where he starts realizing, you know, this is not right. Because at first it was about, you know, you know, I don't want you guys killing, you know, these people because they're, you know, hard workers, they're business, they're, you know, like my property and blah, 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 blah. But then he just starts realizing, you know, these are real life people. This is, this is one of those situations where, you know, it's not cool I did that. And I, it was later on that he started making a list of every single uh, uh, Jewish person to basically save and they continue on with that. Uh, there is a scene where uh, it, I'm, I'm going to say this to you guys right now that there's a long history with Schindler's List that we could go on and on to talk about, but I will tell you this, that one fact that I actually found out about this is that this was the first movie to ever get a TVM, or nowadays we call it TVMA rating on television. It is one of those movies that does a just, you know, it definitely does get very graphic, it definitely gets a bit gory, but it does a good job of hitting home the point that the director Steven Spielberg is trying to make here, and it's just one of those movies that it just oh man, it's it's hard to really just describe in so many words, you know, the impact that this movie had. I mean, there's a lot of stories going around about how there were people that didn't want this movie to have any commercials because it would have taken away from the movie itself. And I honestly agree. If you had a commercial put in this movie, it's kind of one of those things where it just takes you out of that moment and you don't feel as emotionally connected to it. You have to watch the entire thing in order to feel that kind of connection. I'm sure some people will disagree with me, but that's definitely one of those things that I strongly think it should be. It should be a movie that, you know, you watch through in its entirety. I know it's tough. It's three hours. Trust me, we went through it. It, it uh, didn't feel that bad, though. Like, honestly, like, for me, I didn't feel like it was a three-hour movie when I was actually going through it. Um, no, no, you I don't right. know why, but I, I do know, like, the timing of your movies does matter. People are like, oh, I'm not going to freaking sit there for three hours or something like that. But, um, you know, when it is a movie like this, almost like the, the movie 12 Years a Slave for me, which also won Best Picture, uh, I think, 2012. Not 100% sure, but it was one of the movies that for Best Picture, that won Best Picture of the Oscars in the past. Uh, that one, for me, I was like, oh, this is a long movie. And it's like, well, it's supposed to give you that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is so much. And it's doing that because it is telling a story about a man who was in and out of slavery all because of circumstance that he is, was an African-American and he got free and then got back into slavery a few times and you're like, what the hell? And you're supposed to feel that emotion while you're watching it. Like you're supposed to be like, this has to end for this guy. This movie has to end. Um, and I think that's kind of how Schindler's List was was thought to do as well. Is like, like this is this is a, happening over years, years, and you're like, holy cow! Like this is still going on, and they're like, yep, it's still going on. The movie's still going on. This is how they felt. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those, an, a, another part of the movie that is probably essential to it is the fact that it is so long. And 
and so much. And I don't know if we've even said this yet, but obviously, like, I talked to this about World War II, but yeah, this is the Holocaust. This is a movie all about the Holocaust, yep. all about what happened. Um, that's why it is in the history books. That's why it's, like, got, like, it's real. It's a real-life story. This really happened. Um, and that, I think, is why it's just... Uh, it's worth watching. I, I, I almost wanted to like read my text message to you. I'm like, powerful. Glad I saw it. Won't ever see it again. No, definitely. I do agree with that. It's one of those movies that it's like, um, it, it's like Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ. It's one of those movies that hits you so hard that it's hard to find that motivation to you know, watch it again, because it is a powerful movie. It is that brutal to watch. It's one of those movies that just does a, you know, fantastic job of telling the story, but at the same time, it's because of that deal that it makes it so hard to watch it again. And I will say this, that for a lot of people that definitely are curious, you know, was there a mo you know, what, what was kind of like the breaking point for, you know, emotional points where you started, you know, like like you're like you know tears swelling up for me. Everything building up to this point was definitely kind of like you know, like like little nicks on the wall. It was kind of like you know just like little nicks. There goes a brick. Little nick. Here comes a brick. Little nick. Here comes a brick. It wasn't until Shin Schindler, Liam Neeson. Oh my gosh! I will say say this right now. He did a fantastic job of playing uh, Oscar Schindler, and this scene where he is, you know, at, he's done everything where he said, like, yo, hey, uh, you have all been liberated, everybody is free, but also know that I am going to be a uh, marked man, I'm going to be hunted, so I will be with you guys until uh, midnight, at 12.05, I'm going to be on the run, and there's a scene where he basically is given this ring by all the people that he saved, and the representation of it is supposed to be, you know, one life saved, like, thousands. And for Schindler, he he didn't take to it very well. And some people might wonder why. And he explains it so damn well. And that's where I started breaking down was when he was just saying, you know, you know, like th this cloth, yes, it cost me this much money, but it also cost me this many people. This pin cost me this much money, but it cost me this many yeah. people. And you see him, and this is one of the first few times I've ever seen a movie where Liam Neeson actually shows this kind of emotion where he breaks and he's crying and he is just absolutely emotional. And that's where I lost it. That's where it's, where it's like, yep, nope, nope, can't can't hold it anymore. That just sends over. Because basically he's saying, you know, yes, I've saved this ma these many people, but think of the amount of people I could have saved. So he kind of made it seem like, you know, it's my fault that so many people were lost. It's my fault that so many people's lives are gone, why so many lives are changed. It's one of those things where it just hits you so hard, and it definitely does, you know, should tell you guys a lot that one person can make a difference. One person can definitely, you know, influence thousands. And it's one of those things that it's one of those movies that it does a fantastic job of doing that. And you definitely mentioned uh, throughout the movie, it is basically black and white. I think I would say about. I'd say maybe like five minutes of this movie is in color. There's like a couple minutes in the beginning, and then the ending is when it goes back to being color. And this is where it gets to be very interesting, because uh, for me, 
I enjoyed uh, watching the movie uh, Patriots Day because, again, it's one of those movies that reflects on what happened with the uh, the Boston bombings during that marathon. It's one of those things that I really think should have gotten more credit than it absolutely deserved. Um, this is another one of those movies where it did a fantastic job of telling, and they also brought in everybody else who was either, you know, saved or anybody else who was, you know, that survived the Holocaust. You see... Yeah, the actor who played them walked with them to put the rocks on the grave. That was powerful. I loved that part. And you, see, and you also see, like, a lot of the mentions of, you know, who these people were, uh, and basically talking, and it basically said, like, you know, Schindler saved so many people, and he continued to save so many people throughout, you know, today. It's one of those things where you just watch it, you see the impact here from somebody who, you know, at first was just, was just one of the enemy, who was a Nazi. He even said it himself, and he turns to, you know, to to these Jews, and he kind of, he converts later on in his life, and he saves you know thousands of people from dying. It's one of those stories that just absolutely just it's incredible. Yeah, it's so so. Yeah, like you were kind of saying, um, we get to see that little girl in the red coat uh, when they decided that uh, I forget what exact part. There were so many, like, that's why when I was, like, I was texting you during watching this movie. I'm like, this movie has so much that I don't know how we're going to talk about it. Like, it is a movie that you just have to watch and, like, endure. Like, endure this movie and be like, holy cow. Like, I mean, there's full-on nudity in this movie because they full-on shame people. They full-on shame, like, like, you see penis, you see vagina, you see everything because of the naked shameness that they 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 did and you see the really intriguing ways how people survived like one of the purges they were going through they're like okay uh, this this camp this the Krakow camp is getting another truckload of Hungarian Jews so uh, we're gonna remove all the sick Jews and we're gonna kill them um, and, like, that's a huge scene where, like, they make everyone get butt naked and run around in the disgusting cold mud. Um, and they do it. They have their actors do it. And you're like, oh, my gosh. And, like, it is just, like, a real, like, because sadly I had, and I say sadly, but, like, in middle school I had to do a giant Holocaust project. We all have to do, like, some sort of project on World War II. But, um, like, this was one of my first moments of having, having to learn about the Holocaust. And I was, like, I was chosen to make a slideshow. And I was like, oh, cool, because I'm, I'm good at making movies. I was good at making movies back in the day. And I had the great opportunity in eighth grade to have to Google image search the Holocaust, and uh, I'm not going to lie, definitely started crying. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Is this real? And, like, not saying that I didn't believe, but, like, you don't want to believe that something like this happened. So I did, and I I know, like, nowadays it's kind of like, 
like a joke, but like back in, uh, I wish I remembered, like 2000 and I'm going to throw out a number of 2006, no, 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 probably not 2006, probably, or maybe 2006, 2007 is when I had to make this, and uh, I used Sarah McLaughlin's song, I Will Remember You, oh, like, I had, I got an award for this, but, like, I'm, like, over there, like, like, uh, uh, like, I had to make this, um, am I frozen? No, you're good. Okay, <laughs> I'm, like, I, I think your, your face is frozen, so I'm, like, uh, so, um, we actually got to present this to Holocaust survivors, and I was just, like, shaking hands, like, I'm so sorry, I am so sorry, um, it was a cool experience, but it was also, like, ever since that, I don't like doing anything involving the Holocaust because of how detrimental it was to my psyche. I was I was freaking out. I was like, I can't look up stuff online anymore. Like, it's gross. This is awful. Um, but, yeah, so that moment of seeing them naked and then, like, having them have to purge the camp again and seeing people, like, prick their fingers with blood to make them look like they're more rosy and healthy. Like, they put their blood on their faces and stuff yeah. to give it a red tint. Um, and you're just like, what the hell? Like, but this is, like, so interesting because they actually obviously talked to the people who experienced this. We saw them at the end of the movie. Um, but, yeah, seeing them, like, cart off all the bodies and burn and, like, you see the Germans on the streets, like, walking out, looking up at, like, is it snowing? Is it snowing? And then Liam Neeson's like, this is ash. Like, you could tell. Like, he was ash. There was ash on his car. And that's when he went to the, the camp again and saw the girl and realized that innocence is gone. Like, the innocence that was there of the Jewish people is dead. And now he realized that this maybe isn't about just his own survival anymore. And uh, I think that was the cool thing. I think another big thing is it was interesting how much Stern did, which Stern was his accountant who was Jewish and who took on this crazy adventure with him and basically kind of was the reason for the survival of everyone, even though obviously you couldn't have done it without Schindler because Schindler was the person who could own property. Um, but Stern is who we see like recruiting the people and telling the people what their job is. Uh, like someone's like, I'm a historian. I carry all the, I'm a rabbi. And he's like, you're a metal worker. And he's like, I'm a rabbi. You're a metal worker. You're a great metal worker. And then he's like, okay. And like, that's how these people like got into the factory in the first place. Um, but yeah, just those little moments of the time where you like see the kid jump in the porta potty, which, you know, is in two movies that we're talking about. Um, but like to hide, like when they carted the kids away, that was, that was tough. Yeah. It's again, like I said, just an absolutely emotional and very hard story to watch and I'll, I'll tell you my, my experience the only experience I really had with uh you know when it comes to the Holocaust was um I did the show Diary of Anne Frank I think it was actually my uh, it was I think the last show 
that I did before I got involved in my accident. And it's one of those shows that really does stick out to me because, you know, when you're acting, you have to make everything, you'll believe that it is indeed real. When you're on stage, you have to make everything feel that it is real. And it's one of those shows that it really felt that real. I had to play a character that was basically warning uh, uh, Anne Frank's family and everybody else was living with them, you know, hey, there's Germans around, they're, you know, looking, they might be, you know, nearby, you have to be quiet, you have to be, you know, basically keeping them safe. It's one of those stories that it's just very, very scary to watch, and it, at the end, it definitely just is very hard to get through, because you realize that a lot of these characters do, did not survive. And this was just not one of those movies that made me look at the Holocaust in another uh, light and maybe just realize how just so horrible of an event this was. Um, I give props to Stephen King for, you know, not Stephen King, Steven Spielberg, I apologize, for for making, for making this movie. Um, and it definitely does you know, drive the point as to how horrible the Holocaust was. It's just one of those movies that it just really hits you emotionally. It's one of those things that makes you remember that, you know, there are people out there that are just absolutely disgusting with what they do just because of religion, just because of race. And this is just one of those things where we look back on and we're reminded that, you know, this thing happened, but also that there are good people in this world that will, you know, that are there to lend a helping hand. And that's the beautiful thing about this story. That's the one bright, you know, silver lining in this dark cloud is that even though we have to endure watching what was the Holocaust, that there was somebody there that was willing to save as many people as he could to ensure that there was a new ge uh, next generation to carry on the legacy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I definitely, uh, I had another point to make before we were done talking about this one. Um, <laughs> you, darn it. You had I don't want to lose it, but uh, I, I just, I know for a fact that I, I did want to say that uh, just after the movie, it's, like, I was just like, um, I need something. Like, 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 I was just, you know, I watched it alone, uh, late at night, and after the movie, it was just, like, silent. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do now, because I definitely can't just go to sleep. Um, I didn't want to dream about it. <laughs> like, yeah. in all honesty, I did not want to dream about it. Um, so, like, I ended up having to, like, just, like, listen to music, chill out, read a little bit, um, so I, I didn't get, like, hardly any sleep last night, and I'm, I am gonna blame the movie, um, but at the same time, I, I think, I, I think that it is a necessary thing, I, I would actually, I would love everyone and their children, everyone, and their mom, everyone, to watch this movie and know that it is real. There are people out there who think the Holocaust was staged and was fake. Um, I think that's disgusting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I would love for everybody to watch it and just know that that this can happen and this can happen in happen less than a hundred years ago. Like this is not that far away from what happened. Like from our our current present. Um, and it's just it's a scary thing when people in power are are scary and can influence people because that's kind of what it was even though like Schindler ends up being a a relatively moral person at the end everyone everyone lived by looking out for number one I don't want to die he even says that you know he's like don't you call my factory a haven like you could get me killed you know and so it's just a an interesting thing to watch that watch what possibly can happen when power overcomes sanity and it's it's just scary and that you don't ever want history to repeat itself usually does um so for people to watch this and realize like hey something like this can happen and we don't ever ever want that something like this to happen again uh, there has been holocausts within the past 20 years that have been happening, I, I think, in, like, uh, northern Africa. And so, like, they, it's not something that's like, wow, this is history. Like, wow, we learned. Like, no, holocausts still happen. Just nothing as awful and horrible as the one that occurred in Europe. But I, I just, I think that was my main point, is that, like, People should watch it, and then you don't have to watch it again because you don't put yourself through that. I'm not. I'm never watching this again. And fun fact, it is on Netflix for free if you have Netflix. (laughs) I know everybody basically does nowadays. So if you would like to watch it, watch it on Netflix. Do it on a night that you're not drinking, you're not doing anything else, and then chill out and get on with your life, but just remember... Yeah, honestly, I couldn't have put it better. Uh, so we're going to take a uh, unexpected uh, small break here, guys, just to recompose because there's no easy way to like transition after this. So just bear with us for just a couple of minutes. Uh, we will be back with our next movie, which will be uh, Slumdog Millionaire. So talk to you guys in a bit. Thank you. 
Alright guys, so we're back here. This is the Game Changer. I'm Nate the and Great, joined here by Victory Bell. We're talking about some of the uh, uh, best picture uh, Oscar nominee movies, and we're still on the road to the Oscars. You guys definitely check us out. It's going to be a live reaction show that will be taking place either on Facebook or on YouTube. More than likely YouTube, because Facebook over the last year definitely did not appreciate us doing that but you know what we'll see what we can do you guys but anyway let's talk about uh one of the best pictures that won in 2009 and that being your pick of slumdog millionaire so by all means this was your suggestion tell us a little bit about this movie um so i thought just in general when uh when slumdog millionaire came out i was excited because that was kind of the time the high highlight of who wants to be a millionaire in general when that show was super popular um and you see this show like going across you know different countries and stuff like other people are picking it up it's cool um and so making a movie that turns out to be like a historical drama uh, from india out of a popular reality show game, I thought is just an amazing, a, a amazing way to really loop people in. So loop people who are intrigued with the the show and who don't don't really know much about India's history and past, um, and kind of get them to experience that. And that's what they did for me. I also uh, extremely loved the song and the soundtrack. Uh, it was super Bollywood. First time I was introduced to like Bollywood. And, like, Jai Ho, like, the Pussycat Dolls, you know, got in on singing that and stuff. And that was another reason I really wanted to see it. I'm like, oh, it's so fun. Like, woo, like, you know, you head there, you do the Indian, like, the, the dance moves that they, like, performed with it. And so I was like, oh, I, I got to see this. I got to see this. This is just, this just looks great. I just remembered what I forgot. <laughs> so, guys, I, I did forget to say something about the last movie. Um which is worth noting, is that it does kind of have a happy ending. So it's worth watching, and you're like, I, I know, like, I am, in a lot of the Holocaust movies you see, you're like, and now I'm going to be depressed forever. But it does have a happy ending, because if you look up uh, Schindler, he does save uh, 1,200 Jews. So the, the Jews that were on his list do get saved. It just... Okay. There's a lot of anxiety throughout the whole time. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say that. And mm -hmm. a Slumdog Millionaire ends up kind of having a happy a happy ending as well, after a lot of dramatic and awful experiences. But so, we basically, like, the movie basically, end, like, opens with the show, India's version of who wants to be a millionaire and stuff, and... Uh, if anyone's ever been familiar with this show, which I would, I would hope people do, but maybe it's too old now. Um, it basically starts out with, like, I think it's, is it 20 questions? I, I think it's roughly about 20 questions. Basically, how, yeah. they, do, how they do it is that it starts from, like, uh, for, for us in America, it starts, like, from 100, and then they have, like, a save point of, like, 1,000, then another save point of 32,000. Yeah. Uh, and then there's, like, four questions after that to get to the million. Uh, this one, not so much. I think it's kind of one of those things where I think they basically mentioned, especially during like the last bit, where it's like, okay, you can either just walk away, or you could take a chance, and if you get wrong, you leave with nothing. Something like that. 
Yes. So, so basically it is like a, a, a series of 20 questions. If you answer 20 questions correctly, you win a million dollars. And the series of questions carries the narrative of Slumdog Millionaire. So the reason he knows the answers to all these questions are because of real life experience. And we'll get it. We get like every question. He has a, like a flashback basically of like why he knows this answer. And it's just really interesting. And it starts, you know, in the slums of, of India, of him and his brother just attempting to survive. Um, and how like, like criminals, like, and in, in India used to take orphans' eyes and take people's eyes. Like, like that's their punishment. They become blind. And, like, how him and his brother had a strong bond and his brother, like, is able to save him. Um, and then, you know, it goes with them trying to hustle and make money together, like, scamming people, trying to get money. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this whole thing is one, I forget what question it is, but it's when he's uh, asked about a certain movie star um, and like he, his, he knows the answer because this is one of the only movie stars in India that actually visited his village and his tiny town and he's not allowed to go see him. Like they're basically stopping him from going seeing him and he goes to the lengths of jumping into a pile of shit in order to, like, get the picture of the movie star and get him to autograph it. And it was, like, a, a huge, like, I, for me, that was one of the most memorable scenes that he is covered in, like, feces, and he goes up to this, like, celebrity, and he's like, please sign, sign it, sign it, and the celebrity does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if a kid walks up to you and covered in shit, you just sign whatever, like, okay, don't touch me. Um. But uh, that's, I think, one of the most memorable like moments. And I mean, the the children actors that were that were portraying these characters were just amazing. They were they were so believable. You felt really bad. Um, then you know they they go back to where him and his brother kind of like have a rift, and they're not they're not friends anymore. And throughout this time, he also has like a love interest of a little girl who's named Lakita. Uh, Latika, Latika, um, and he's always trying to look out for her, and it's kind of like the three amigos, and then all of a sudden, his brother ends up, like, becoming part of this gang and part of the cr criminal scene in India, trying to make money and survive, and there's a big coming to, like, terms moment where the, the guy who's playing who wants to be a millionaire. Sorry, I don't know all of the names very well. Uh, I don't remember them. But the guy playing has to, like, relive the fact that his brother kind of, like, tried to come to terms by killing himself by also killing, like, a boss that was trying to hurt, like, Latika and his younger brother who's playing who wants to be a millionaire. And another big thing that is coming out of his memories are he's winning money. And the people on the show, including the hosts, are like, how the hell does he know this stuff? Like, this guy's a slum dog. They literally call him a slum dog. Like, you know, he's from the slums of India, doesn't have much education. Like, they feel he's cheating somehow. And so 
while advancing in the show, he's also getting tortured and questioned, and it's like a corruption scene within the show. So you're like, okay, we're watching this guy like have back like like flashbacks of awful moments in his childhood and awful moments in his life, and then you see him the present, and he's also getting tortured right there. Like his life is very hard, obviously. Um, I don't. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that happens, and obviously, like, he's not meant to win the game, but he I, he does win, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. Yes. He does win, but, like, because of the win, like, they're going to go after him. Like, they think he's, you know, cheating, and he's still, like, he goes on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I think he even accepts the show because he is still looking for the love of his life, Latika. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, yeah. Go ahead. So, so literally, like I said, I had no expectations when it came to this movie. All I knew was that it won Best Picture, and I thought, okay, this might be interesting. Plus, it's based on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So, obviously, you know, kind of like a hook line already there to kind of reel me in. Uh, yeah, as you mentioned there, a lot of the questions there are basically points of his life where it's like, you know, hey, do you know who this famous actor is or who sang this song, or, you know, what happened with this. Uh, the final question, I believe, is, like, who was, like, the third uh, musketeer or something like that? I want to say that's what it was. I could be completely wrong, but... Right. I, I know it was something about the three musketeers because they considered themselves that. Yeah. But it's also, as you said, just seeing all the struggles and all the trials and tribulations that him, his brother, and Latika had to go through, it's one of those things where it finds a way to just, you know, kind of come full circle, but it also kind of connects dots, where it's like, you know, okay, so starting off the first question, this is what started off in, like, his early part of life. Next question, this part of life. And then all the way around to the full circle, to now we're at the final question. It doesn't really connect with anything in his life at all, unless I think it goes back to the full circle of the beginning uh, deal. But it's one of those things where, you know, for him, it wasn't really about, you know, winning the money. It was about finding uh, his one true love and finding uh, Latika, which in the end, spoiler for a lot of people, it does happen. And they kind of have a moment where they seemingly, you know, live happily ever after. Um, it's, a, it's a very well-told story. story. I will say that. It's very well done. I, I enjoyed it. I thought that the direction that they went to and the steps that they took were fantastic. Uh, they even had a little bit of like a Bollywood style uh, dance at the very end of the credits there. Yeah, that was I, fun. I thought that was actually really cool. I thought it was one of those things where I was like, okay, so now they're kind of tying in the you know, culture and the heritage. They're doing a little Bollywood deal. That's actually kind of cool. That was one of those things where, you know, it's one, it's one of those things where, you know, if you appreciate you know, the culture of India, then you'll definitely enjoy this and like we say, it, go, it goes to some pretty dark places at times where it does yeah. get pretty graphic where, you know, there's a little bit of violence. Some of the kids have, you know, point gun at each other and it's just, it's really messed up. But it's also one of those things where it does serve a purpose uh, because it helps, you know, toughen these kids up, but it also helps them get through uh, all these different aspects of life. Uh, there's some people that 
criticize it and say there's controversial deals where it's like, oh, you make it seem like you know India is a dark place. No matter where you go, there's always going to be these dark places. I am not going to you know defend it if somebody was to say like, oh, well, this basically sums up India. It's like, no, you're an idiot. This this is not in, this is not India at all. There's always this like the, the worst parts of India. He comes right. from the worst parts, right? Yeah, that, so that, it's like, yeah, it should look shitty. It should look bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally called slum dog. They call him a slum dog. And, not a good name. Like I said, <laughs> these dark moments they have to happen. They have to yeah. show, show you know he's kind of like you know the conquering hero. He's basically battling all these odds to get to the point where he's at right now, where he wins the, you know, jackpot, the million dollars for, I think it's in America, but I think it's like, uh, uh, I think it's like maybe 15 rubies, million rupees. Right? Yeah, I think it's rupees. I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was honestly a really well done uh, selection by you. I can understand why you enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it as well. Well, like I said, there's some bits of it where it's like, okay, there's some nice little, you know, uh, Indian culture in here. There's some nice uh, moments in here. There's some funny moments in here. There's, oh, jeez. There's one moment where I literally was thinking to myself, if somebody did this to me, I would be legitimately pissed. The uh, point where I think it was uh, uh, Jamar, the uh, main character, and Latika, they take a couple of, like, hot peppers, and they put it on, I think it's uh, Jamar's brother's uh, crotch area, and he just starts... Oh, yes. He, he wakes up and he's just screaming like, no, no, but I think they're, they're all chanting like, you know, his weenie's on fire, his weenie's on fire. <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, oh God, if somebody were to even do that to me, I would be like, that, that was, that was, that was too much, but. Yeah, they it, were naughty kids. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it's like, that was too much, but at the same time, it's like, he kind of deserved it. So I, I don't want to say, you know, I endorse this, but it's one of those things where it's like, that's actually a good way to get revenge, to be fair. I would have probably waited until he was a teenager when he actually needs it, but it was still still one of those moments where I was like, oh boy, if somebody tries to do that to me, I will probably knock somebody out. But no, but again, like I said, great movie, great selection. Uh, Definitely can see why I got best picture. Yeah. And you know, uh, I think I really enjoyed it. Like I said, I was already entranced with it with like knowing some of the soundtrack. Uh, music is really important to every movie. I'm pretty sure Jaiho won Best Song that year as well. Um, but I, I think what what I really enjoyed about this and what I enjoy about a lot of, of movies in general is the overcoming the odds, uh, you know, and how... How it was just a really cute love story that was done wrapped in a giant fun adventure as well. Like I'm saying, fun in the terms of interesting, um, and a very interesting adventure. And you know, one of the takeaways I think is really cute is uh, when they do end with like them together. Like Latika, you know, has been through a few, a lot of stuff, and it has a. a giant gash on her face now and she obviously is self-conscious about that and Jamal just doesn't care and like kisses her scar first and like it's just like scars are proof of a healed wound and like it was just really cute and a good a good takeaway from Slumdog Millionaire is like people have scars because they have been through a lot and they've healed so it, it's it's it was pretty deep, and I think that's why it deserved to win Best Picture that year. 
that it, it was a deep story that had a lot of underlining tones that people could learn from. Nope, definitely. I definitely do agree with that. So, guys, uh, one question for you. What is probably your favorite movie that you liked that either got nominated for Best Picture or that won Best Picture? Let us know in the comment section below. We'd love to know some of your feedback. Uh, definitely we'll leave that question up on our Facebook fan page. You know where to click on it for that. I'll even put it up on my Twitter at RealFNGame, so that way you guys can check that. So that way you can put your uh, feedback on there. And who knows, you might get your name mentioned on next week's episode. Because we kind of like to know what you guys think. So, with that being said, I think we can wrap up this edition of The Game Changer. You guys know where to find us on Facebook. You know where to find us on Twitter. You know that you can find us on Spreaker.com, as well as on YouTube, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. So, thank you guys so much for joining in here. Got a lot still coming on through this year. I mentioned Oscars are going to be happening next month, so we're going to be building up towards that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, by then, we will also have the nominations for the 2019 Oscars, in which we will give our predictions the week before. And, yeah, like I said, live reaction show will definitely be up and for your amusement, because you're going to basically see two random people just not really getting sloshed like last year. Oh, gosh, that was not my <laughs> fi- that was not my finest moment. Uh, but basically, you know, just enjoying, having a fun time, and for the love of God... Please, hashtag, bring back Kevin Hart. Kevin, please, please. Yeah, I think he's totally denied that he's not He's not going to do it. So it'll be interesting to see who does do it. We would love to have Kevin Hart, but it seems like he's like, eh, over it. <laughs> well, he's, well, he's one of the, I guess, you know, one of the best actors in Hollywood right now. So he probably can brush it off and be like, eh, I can do something like something else he'll probably do like a parody of like an oscar deal within you know next deal honestly i could see him doing it for a saturday night live but yeah (laughs) oh man kevin hart's a treasure he's a gem he's everything at this point all right guys so we'll wrap it up for this edition of the game changer for victory bell i've been nate the effing great thank you so much for listening in and we will talk to you guys in the next episode Bye bye Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.